This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present and acknowledge their ongoing connection to land, waters and culture. Colonization and genocide are ongoing processes that continue to this day. Sovereignty was never ceded. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Ah, oh, we didn't bring, come up with a joke. Hey everybody, welcome back to Ozpol Snackpod, the podcast where two of Australia's foremost political nobodies bring you bite-sized chunks of Australian politics and news with a side of crispy memes. We're also the official podcast of the Ozpol Shitposting Facebook group. Uh, and we did not think of a, a pun about how we're like food this week, but we are like cheese and crackers in that someone who left a review of our show said we were like cheese and crackers. Um, oh, did they? Oh, that's yeah. well. There we go. Well, they said we're like a la snack. You know, I think they said I was that is the, literally cheese and crackers. Is literally cheese and crackers. I mean, we so. can debate. You know, it's it's got this sort of I don't know Lacanian element of like at what point does cheese become more of a facsimile of itself than you know actual cheese like cheese dip. You know what I mean? But look, that's a philosophical I, question. I, I my think name is you Zach mean Baudrillard, my dude. Oh, sorry, Baudrillard. On. We've already lost all of our Baudrillardian. It. It's everybody's very... left. <laughs> oh, okay, great. It's just you and I. Shortest episode ever. Yeah, he's Zach. I'm Noon. Hey, going Noon. Yeah, good. Um, my knee has been excruciatingly sore this morning for oh, no, no. no reason that I can tell. Uh, I'm sorry. But in the plus column, my almond tree is uh, getting ready to, bu- to you know, burst its buds, um, which I call your the what? first day oh, your of your almond noon's- tree. My almond tree. Yeah, I call it the, gotcha. the first day of noon spring when my almond tree goes, because it's the tree that I've had the longest. And it normally flowers first, so that's exciting. I'm like, do you um, on it. Do you get almonds from your backyard almond tree? Yeah, boy. Like how many? Uh, Like 30 last year, something like that. It's not many <laughs> almonds. It's like one bag of almonds, but also they're fresh almonds, which are weird. They're not... Yeah, you have like to like squishy. roast them? Um, no, I just eat them... Raw. Yeah, but you is, know, when you buy them from the supermarket, what are they? Yeah, what, they've, they've been like baked. They've been roasted. Or roasted yeah, baked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Good to know. We're doing a review drive. <laughs> we want you to review us on Apple Podcasts. We're trying to get to 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts because it just it seemed like a good idea at the time, and we're yeah. here now. We're, we're, yeah. we're at 98. Almost we're at 98 here out of 100. So we we need very few extra. I could podcasts. count the number left Ex- on reviews. one hand. Yeah. Or less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so please leave us a review uh, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher. I think those are the places that you can do it. But also... I don't even know if you can on Stitcher, to be okay. honest. Uh, yeah. you know, if you can, we don't see them. So, <laughs> uh, cast, cast box, maybe? I don't know. But, yeah, please leave a us a review on, on Apple iTunes. That's where we're trying you know? to get to 100. Yeah, we're trying to get to 100. And we Apple. read them all out at the end of the show. So We do. There's, we got a couple of fresh ones this week, so thank you very much if that's you. Uh, we didn't get any new patrons, but uh, if you want to sign up, you can do so over at patreon.com slash ospolsnackpod. One dollar a month gets you a monthly bonus episode. This week we're talking about Bob Hawke and how he was an informer for the US government. And I might drop unrelated conspiracy theories and not imply that that Bob Hawke thing is a conspiracy, but also I might talk it's, about aliens. Because it's not, because it's hard fact. It's, it's real and true. Yeah. Speaking of hard facts, Noon, um, this was... 
too much intro. Let's do some news. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, for Entree, I've got a little uh, update about Friendly Geordies and his legal stoush with John Barillaro. So, as listeners probably know, John Barillaro is the Deputy Premier of New South Wales. He's suing Friendly Geordies, who's some guy on YouTube for defamation for a variety of statements in his videos. Uh, and one of the things that Geordies accused Barillaro of in his videos uh, is saying he committed perjury. Uh, he also said that he's a con man and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and basically, Geordie says that Barillaro lied to Parliament repeatedly, uh, I think in like nine different occasions. Mm. Uh, and he says so in a video. And now Barillaro is suing him. And Geordie's lawyers are saying that they will uh, rely on partial defenses of truth, contextual truth, and honest opinion in the case. Uh, but unfortunately for friendly Geordies, the times that he says that Barillaro lied to Parliament are covered by parliamentary privilege. Uh, which basically means that if you're in Parliament, you can't get in trouble for things that you say while in Parliament. So, for example, a couple of years ago, Darren Hinch uh, read out the names of a bunch of people. I was going to say, that, that's the famous example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he claimed they were sex offenders in Parliament, um, and it's illegal to just like randomly disclose the names of sex offenders, um, but, but he could be charged because he was in Parliament and had privilege. Um, so according to uh, uh, Friendly Geordie's lawyer, Dr. Matt Collins, Mr. Shanks says, I can point to a vast array of statements that were made in the Parliament which demonstrate the basis for my opinion, but he's precluded from doing so. The only way in which Mr. Shanks could plead the defences he foreshadows would be if privilege was waived. So he's basically saying, look, I have strong evidence. I've got like literally footage of him saying these lies. But because it was in this building, I can't tender it as evidence in this court case. So mm. please, Mr. Judge, could you um, tell Barillaro to waive his parliamentary privilege so that I can sue him? Yeah. Um, Seems very likely. Yeah, well, there's, there's a number like... of problems. So for one thing, uh, Sue Chrysanthou is Barillaro's lawyer. And uh, listeners, you may remember, she was going to represent uh, Christian Porter in his defamation case against the ABC, but she got kicked out of it uh, because she had a conflict of interest. Um, you know, clearly a champion of justice. Uh, and I think she's also representing <laughs> uh, Ben Robert Smith, alleged war hero Ben Robert yeah. Smith in his defamation against Generally speaking, she's kind of like a cool guy lawyer. Like if you're sort of a chill, likable, respected dude, she's like, Who's yeah, absolutely. Who's committed crimes against humanity. Yeah, yeah. She's that's got your the back. other... Those are the two main boxes you have to tick. Yeah. Chill as fuck. People big, accurately big, big pointing crimes. out your crimes. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Well, so anyway, she basically said, well, maybe you should have thought of that before you got sued. Um, she's like, <laughs> well, it's too fucking bad, you know? So uh, so that's one thing. Um, it's just like, what? yeah, like, if you wanted to use this as evidence, maybe you should have got evidence you were allowed to use instead of just relying on it being true. Um, which I think this and this like I don't know you maybe you, you're going to get into this more sure. but like this brings up the sort of key uh, what I think what I like the key conflict for me at this case which is that like Geordie's is basically right you yes. know yeah Barilaro is a piece of shit but also his legal case for this stuff is extraordinarily flimsy because that's just how the legal system is built that's not you know not necessarily because he's done like a bad job or whatever, but he's he also he's also trying to get like a jury trial at a federal court yes. level, which basically never happened. Like he's totally for, yeah, for yeah. this to work. Jordy's he's really needs, going for 
Yeah. yeah, he needs all these extraordinarily unlikely things to happen. A uh, parlay, <laughs> as I believed it's called in the world of sports. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> and they're just so clear they're not going to happen. Yeah, but, and well, like Chris Anthel's characterization of what the general public would understand the definition of con man to be is also very yeah, specific. She's like, it is. hey, look, yes, he obviously was very very biased in the way that he did things, but he's a politician. Okay, yeah. I think so, your average person on the street would understand that is not a con man. I'm like, well, well, yeah, people voted for him, mm. and people buy things from con men. You know, like the <laughs> yeah. Um, so the unfortunately, so not only would they not do it if they could, but also as the judge pointed out, you can't waive this particular privilege. Apparently, um, so oh. <laughs> it's not up to Barillaro, and it would actually need legislation to be put through the New South Wales Parliament. Um, and, the New South Wales Parliament, which is famously sympathetic <laughs> to friendly Geordies. Well, the thing is, I couldn't quite piece this together, but a lot of the articles about this that I read kind of strongly implied that Geordies was asking Barillaro to bring this legislation to the parliament being like, guys, I need this guy to have a defense so I can sue him. Mm. Um, which again is kind of like, you know, you know how she said no before, and then also you can't. There's a good overlap of those two. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you say, real parlay necessary. Um, yeah, so... Just, you're literally like, but he's going after this guy because he's breaking the rules. And now he's like, okay, what I need you to do is voluntarily weaken your position for me. <laughs> so that you can... How does that sound to you? Hmm? Hmm. By the way, you you're can't. a spaghetti meatball head. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. It's... You're right. That's an element of this is that they like fucking hate each other. Um, yeah. So the barrister says that this means part of the case pleaded by Mr. Barrow cannot be defended and the proceedings in relation to this part, quote, must be stopped unless and until Mr. Shanks is permitted to rely on the material, which is currently the subject of privilege. And justice said that the passing of legislation, quote, depends on what parliament wants to do and, quote, they may not be very happy about being involved in this at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very funny way to put that, but it's true. <laughs> um, so fuck again, again. You know, on friendly Jordy's side, nominally here. Yes, I would like to point that out. You know, there's no love lost. We uh, listeners know this. Uh, you know, between us and um, but on and this very issue, handsome we're, man, we're but, staunchly on his side. It's yeah, just like oh man, this is oh boy. Uh, yeah, so Chris and Thao's been going hard telling the judge that the defense is totally bullshit nonsense and the privilege business is ridiculous and that the whole thing should be thrown out. Um, but she also said the same thing about the hearing about her not being allowed to be in that court case with uh, uh, Christian Porter. She was like, Your Honor, this case is clearly nonsense. It should be thrown out of hand. And um, so, and then she got kicked off. So maybe she's not the best <laughs> judge of whether or not this defense is bullshit. Also, it occurs to me that if it is bullshit, that's good for her. So, what, like, she should want it to not be thrown out because then they can go for damage and stuff. Anyway, whatever. Uh, yeah, I will conclude with uh, yeah another um, quote from The Guardian here about some public statements that were made not under privilege that Geordie's will also be using in his case. 
Shanksplin part plead truth to in answer to Barillaro's claim that the videos portrayed him as a quote corrupt con man. As part of the defense, Shanks' legal team has raised the deputy premier's public statements about the expenditure of a forty-seven million dollar regional arts grant fund, which was overwhelmingly spent in coalition seats. And then Barillaro was quoted in saying in May last year, "Well, my name is John Barillaro." Call me Pork Barillaro, and I have no apologies because at the end of the day, I will stand up and fight for our communities. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say corrupt con man is quite a fair <laughs> appraisal of that, that personally. Harsh. No. Yuck. Yeah. That's like um, uh, that rabbi who blocked me for referring to both of us as colonizers. And I was like, I wasn't even trying to be rude or negative. It's just like a statement of fact, man. Like, just a corrupt comment. It's not, I'm not trying to diss you. Mm. Just a greasy meatball man, you know? You know, I feel I, I feel a certain pity for Geordies in this situation. Because I just feel totally. like he's going to get absolutely flattened and probably is going to fuck the rest of his life up. I mean, I think he's a piece of yeah. shit, but I don't think... He's got a million dollars in his legal fund, and I think he's getting pro That's bono true. advice. All right. I'm cranking the pity dial back down to like a 2.5. Yeah, ten, and I doubt he'll serve time. I mean, I don't know what the... No, he's not going to go to fucking prison. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Pay out of that million bucks. Yeah, he'll be able to crowdfund the <laughs> the fine if he yeah. does cop one. That's a good point. But it's still bad. All right. Yeah, let's move on. Hey, man, I got some more beers. Oh, uh, I don't know if I can drink anymore. I'm feeling kind of sick. Now, come on, we're having another round of Coronas. Mm. The sting that gets unfortunately truer every week. Um, the the pandemic continues, everyone. <laughs> That's the news. Um, Sydney is continuing to have troubles. They expanded lockdown for at least another month. Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff going on. But the thing that I wanted to talk about in this segment today is that Gladys is requesting priority access to Pfizer vaccine doses for Sydney. Um, and in particular, the three LGAs in Western Sydney that are on like ultra lockdown. Mm. Um, yeah, and we had a bit of a chat about this yesterday, Zach, and I initially was like, <clears throat> this is very clearly selfish politics bullshit. Mm. Um, it's almost certainly going to be distributed to places like Manly and Bondi uh, and other places that are wealthier and whiter than these Western Sydney LGAs where the horsies are, you know, playing polo with people in the shops as they browse. <laughs> and like... When Victoria was having virus troubles, Gladys was like, burr, burr, Stalin Dandrews, destroying the economy, lockdowns, burr, burr, burr. everything's Victoria's fault. Dur, 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 dur. Sorry, that's Man, a where did South you get Park that clip? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not the only one who can cut audio from press conferences, Zach. Uh, and now there's problems in New South I Wales. I literally am. I want to make that clear. In this relationship, I am the one who does all that It's every true. Time. I link him and I'm like, can we get seconds 13 to 28 of this yeah and i'm like yes and then forget about it and then we start recording and noon's like we play that clip and i'm like no No. (laughs) i mean it's at least as effective as if i did it myself you know um Mm, yeah that's true um anyway but so gladys was poo-pooing lockdowns exactly and and now there's problems in new south wales listen we're more important than everyone else give us the good thing (laughs) and it's actually good for everyone else to give me the the vaccines for my Mm -hmm, political mm -hmm. benefit so yeah, initially pretty resentful, and I'm still quite resentful, but having read a bunch and listened to a bunch of interviews, I have come around on it significantly. Also, you said this, to be fair, but, you know, also epidemiologists said it, that 
Um, <laughs> well, they got it from me. But even yeah. if she's saying it for shitty reasons and has been irresponsible in the past, we should still prioritize vaccine rollout in New South Wales because they're currently the biggest risk as far as like infecting the rest of the country goes. Yeah, um, and I actually heard that and, and like, specifically there was supposed risk. to be. They, 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 they specifically, they were going to be prioritized for those local government areas that are, in, yes. as you put it, uh, ultra style and lockdown. Um, uh, yeah, totally. And which, if true, is cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah one one thing, and then the other uh, thing I want to talk about is what has been um, uh, sometimes described as a bun fight between Scott Morrison and Atagi. You like that? Fucking media is a joke. What does that even? That doesn't mean anything. Okay, yeah. and also, just this a is bun a separate fight sounds issue. Fun, but also sticky. Yes, <laughs> that's true. But separate issue, Guardian. Please stop writing acronyms in sentence case. It's giving me a conniption. I can't handle it. What, they what write do you mean? so that you, Atagi. Yeah, that's like a word with a capital A and then four lowercase letters after oh. it in the Guardian style guide. That's, how, oh, that's no. what they do with all of their. Acronyms. Ooh. I don't know. Just, sorry, the heck? I, it's a complete tangent. But um, okay. Well, yes. A tug. Anyway, uh, there's this this uh, baked goods brawl happening between Scott Morrison and Atagi, who are the Australian <laughs> Technical Advisory Group on Immunization. Um, and basically, Scott Morrison has been like, "Please go and tell everyone to get AstraZeneca," and Atagi like, "Sorry, man. Like, we're not." Like, we just read the science, uh, and we think that it's dangerous for people under 40. Well, it's um, interesting that you say this because I just read an opinion piece in mm -hmm. The Guardian earlier, oh. because um, I'm a 45-year-old The Guardian. Yeah. Latte sipper, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, I think it was Paul Carp, and, he, and basically he was like, actually, if you look at the Atagi advice, written yeah. irritatingly, mm -hmm. that... It never said don't get AstraZeneca. Absolutely it just said not. Pfizer is the preferred. Totally yes for under That's forty, right. and like, and they so, also don't even say that like informed consent for AstraZeneca for under forties necessarily has to involve a GP. They're like, yeah, people can pretty much make this decision and talk to the whoever's giving them the right. Vaccine. So as I understand it, Atagi, like literally, their job is to read up to the date science and give the government yeah. reports on what the science says. They don't make health policy. They don't design That's the right. vaccine rollout. And Morrison doesn't have to do his vaccine rollout or policy based on a targi. Uh, it's it's like that'd be a, it'd be a public opinion disaster for him to like go against their advice. It's already well, been this whole as you say. I there's think... a bun fight going on because he's just been trying to lean on them. No, well, I think the issue is partly in his own approach. And listeners, if you want okay. more about this, go and listen to this week's The Party Room, um, which is possibly where I got the phrase bun fight from. I'm not 100% about that, but that would make I sense. I can almost guarantee. They probably that said that milk is. bun fight, though. Go on. Um, they made a point, which I thought was reasonable, that Atagi, when they initially said, oh, look, actually, AstraZeneca has this blood clot risk associated with it, Scott Morrison did this extremely dramatic press conference where he was like, this is a, a death murder, murder drug of doom. <laughs> and, and like, he didn't have to do that. And I think he's also in general been like, I am going to stick to what Atagi says 100% because he doesn't want to mm. have his own hands oh, yeah, responsible for anything. No, no. He doesn't want but, any decision to be attached to him at all. But they give him advice. And then he and the medical 
officers make policy based on that. And at sure. any point, he could have been like, look, this is slightly riskier. Um, we're going to prioritize sending this to um, overseas places where they have really severe out risks and the risk of death is much greater than the risk of getting these blood clots. Yes. Um, but we will also keep a reserve. And if we get outbreaks that worsen at home and the cost benefit analysis changes, we'll start rolling it out here. And we could have said that fucking eight months ago. And yes. then and three months Atagi's ago, he could have been like... In no way precluded him from doing it. That. In no way precluded yeah. that. And he has yeah. interpreted it in this really extreme way for his own benefit. And now it's come around and bit himself in the ass. And now he has to beg them to be like, oh, it's actually safe. And they're never going to say that because there is this slight risk attached to it. And yeah. so he needs to, like, fucking grow a spine. <sighs> yeah, right. But, um, and, and just be like, <laughs> AZ, there's a small risk, but it's worth it. Uh, well, I think like, there is also there's a policy thing. <sighs> reduce the age slowly, or whatever. You know, like sure, yeah, no. Th- look, there's definitely options there. You know, and you're right. Th- this is uh, it's it's politi- political maneuvering so that he can say that he's hands off from the decision and just following mm-hmm. the advice. Um, of course, that's in and of itself backfired already because. He's such a fucking smooth political operator. <laughs> yeah, he's so smooth, he, like, slides off, you know? You can't quite, you know. <laughs> Like, he's literally he's trying to, like, you know, subtly influence things in the background so that he doesn't have to publicly look like he's changed tack. And <laughs> then, then in doing that, created a huge media storm. Like, Where was that notes. 4D chess from last take week? notes, yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. That is on another level. Um... I tried to get AstraZeneca this week. Under Foy, oh, yeah. not in 1A, not in 1B, not in any of the government's four phases of two phases. And I'm not in, you know, I'm not in an at-risk group or whatever, but I'm like, you know, I, I, I want to do my bit, I chip in, yeah, okay? Sure. I want to get my AZ. I, I, and they wouldn't let me have it. Yeah, so, I'm you know. technically disabled. And I went to my GP and I was like, can I get a, a vaccine? And she was like, uh, how about the flu vaccine? <laughs> So, I think I mean, that's I, also good. I, don't I did want get to... a flu vax, yeah, but there you go. that's not really what I was going for. Is this, I don't it's, know if you've look, heard, Ms. There's GP. A different, <laughs> other, worse flu. That's okay. I'll talk to someone else about it. Uh, you know, yep. So, feel that. Yeah, so you... All right. Damn, I didn't know that you had been um, sort of refused as well. I get... What's this say? Oh, I don't know. Very fucking complicated. You know, yep. This is why I hate having opinions. <laughs> you, it's just it's too much stuff going on. You have to make a podcast. It's the only option. It's uh, literally the only option we've been left with. All right. So, all right. Did you say what you wanted careers. to say? Yeah. All right. Uh, why don't we move on now to our First Nations story? What have you uh, brought this week, known? Yeah, so this is a short but cool story about traditional owners sticking it to a mining company, which, you know, love to see hey. it. Hey! So this is the Eastern Gurma people, whose land is in the Pilbara region, um, have decided to stop collaborating with Rio Tinto in a variety of ways. Um, and specifically, they're no longer doing Welcome to Country for Rio or any events that Rio Tinto sponsor. Uh-huh. Um, so just a reminder, or if anyone doesn't know, at the top of the show each week, we do an acknowledgement of country because it's not our land. We're acknowledging that we live and record the show on Rurundjeri country, usually or when we're somewhere else, other, uh, other countries. Um, but a welcome to country is a ceremony performed by the traditional owners of a land to welcome other people to their land. 
So I don't know. I it's just an easy thing to get mixed up because they're similar terms. But the you know acknowledgement yeah. welcome makes sense. So the Eastern Gurma people have decided to stop doing welcome to country for Rio, um, and this is because as well as the uh, you know recent horrifying stuff that Rio has done in Jukan Gorge, um, there's also been this recent revelation that in the 90s Rio had dozens of bags full of priceless ancient cultural artifacts that were supposed to be analyzed and oops oh somehow they got misfiled and ended up in literal landfill like oh oops how could that have happened it was just like like oh any any other place they wouldn't have been lost forever but this one the most fucking we put them in the one shit you can possibly imagine it's so evil i I, it 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 boggles the mind to a certain extent so this is a tangent, I didn't write any notes about this, but when fucking ISIS were blowing up Palmyra, everyone was like, oh no, this is a priceless ancient city that is really important, and yes, and it's really sad, and, and ISIS did a lot of horrible damage, but it's like currently crushing indigenous artifacts underfoot. Um, oh, what are those terrible people in the Middle East doing? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... um. Uh, this is from The Guardian. Here's a quote from uh, Tony Bevan, who's the chief operating officer of the Wintawari Gurma Aboriginal Corporation, the WGAC. A welcome to country is obviously important in terms of showing proper respect and educating people about whose country it is. From an indigenous perspective, it is important, but sometimes I think large companies tend to commoditize it and they put great value on it as a PR exercise. They say, we're doing a wonderful job, or aren't we a wonderful company that we've got this welcome to country? So one of the things about withholding the welcome to country was not to allow that recognition to Rio. We're just not pretending that it's all okay and that they're welcome to country, Bevan said. Uh, 40% of Rio's Pilbara mine holdings are on Eastern Goroma traditional lands. Yeah, so uh, Rio has, you know, said they're going to change their ways and blah, blah, blah. But the only thing that I could find that they've actually promised is to stop putting gag clauses in their land access agreements. Um, (laughs) So those are the things that say that you're not allowed to talk about what your contract says or anything that the company does. So that's the only thing that they've actually said that they're going to change so far. Any time that this company, mining companies in general, but... Rio specifically. specifically. Anytime that they're like, oh yeah, we're going to make this incremental positive change. You're like, wait, you were putting gag clauses in contracts? Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? What? Hey, what? I mean, that's not... I mean, you should take them out, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so um, this is from an article in Nagata Media. Uh, Mr. Bevan said Rio's behavior needs to change with a modernization of the agreements made with Rio Tinto. There's a lot of talk about that, but there needs to be a change of behavior within the organization. Mm. Uh, of the six Rio Tinto mines, traditional owners do not receive any compensation for the Maundu, Brockman, and Mount Tom Price mines. This is because of a clause in the Native Title Act, which means mines operating prior to the Native Title Act do not need to compensate traditional landowners. So, I don't know. It's just like, oh, we won't... Uh, oh, we'll we'll get rid of the gag clauses. That's fine. Um, but look, technically the law says we don't have to pay you for these ones, so pfft, get fucked. You know, it's like just yeah. so blatant. And yeah, like basically the only interaction that these companies will voluntarily have with traditional owners is to give themselves the little bit of social mm-hmm. license that they can glean from them. You know, and we've talked. You know, we talked before about 
trying to give themselves sort of cover after Duke and Gorge by like, you know, putting First Nations people on their board, but Mm -hmm. very specifically choosing First Nations people who are sympathetic to their interests and who have like approved destruction of sacred sites in the past. Yeah. Like, you know, there's absolutely no good faith operation from these people. And so this like extension of uh respect and this uh, that that the welcome mm. to country uh mm-hmm. represents absolutely like dev- obviously withdraw that like these people are, you know there's no no skerrick yep. of respect is being shown in return so totally you know yep and i think they uh the eastern Guruma people have also said that they're refusing to meet with rio outright for three months um and then after that they're like potentially willing to start meeting with them again to try and negotiate changes to um, agreements and so on. But yeah, since yeah, uh, three month well, moratorium. So anyway, yeah, cool story. Solidarity um, with the Eastern Gurma people. Absolutely. Alrighty, let's move on now. Shit post of the week. And uh, Zach, this is the start of everyone's favorite part of uh, the Ozpol Snack Pod show. Of course, it's you know the sports oh, it's segment. The sports section. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Sports, sports, sports. Everyone's like, guys, I love the sports talk. Give us more sports chat. You guys have you real good bring knowledge sports back? about sports. You know, I was I reading when- actually this morning that Roy from Roy and H.G. Wells just isn't vibing with sports anymore. Uh, but he's releasing a book about Roy as a teenager uh, listening to the Rolling Stones for the first time. So there you go. There's some hard-hitting sports news for all of you sports fans out there. You've really been listening to the ABC. I've been reading The Guardian, my dude. Um, but I, I've also been reading The Herald Sun, because that's oh. where you get all of your fierce, fast, and fearless sports news. <laughs> this Three is Fs. so bad. This it's is so bad. so bad. This is a shit post this week. We, we, yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's a front page from The Herald Sun, um, featuring four... I'll say white or white passing women um, with large font, golden dawn, fierce, fast, fearless. Uh, and of course, I mean, what possible problem could there be with that? I mean, a golden dawn, it's just such a beautiful image, you know, uh, waking up. Uh, there's that piece, you know, um, you know, uh, Oh yeah, golden the golden dawn theme. The golden yeah. dawn song, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh wait, wait a minute. Something's just coming in through my earpiece. Uh, they're, they're Nazis. The golden dawn is a Nazi party. A oh, Greek modern, a Greek contemporary neo Nazi party. Oh jeez, yeah. this seems like a bit of a whoopsie on the part of the Herald Sun. Huh. That's interesting. It it turns out Melbourne is the largest Greek city outside of Greece. So a huge number of people would know who Golden Dawn is. And, you know, the Herald Sun definitely knows because they've reported on them a lot. And if you search Herald Sun, Golden Dawn, the top result is like, they're a neo-Nazi party doing Nazi shit. And then the second result is this headline from the other day. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, the f- what the fuck were they thinking? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because literally, basically somebody has come up with this pun because it's a, it's, it, it's a pun on Dawn Fraser... It's you about know, swimming. A, a well-known Australian racist who once she is was racist. a swimmer. Yeah. So she is racist. Like Golden so there Dawn. is a connection there. Yeah. But so they've come up with this pun, you know, Australian. So I'm guessing, you know, they're Olympic swimmers. I haven't read the story. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. And they're pretty good. And Hence going to they the Olympics, wear the green and gold because that's Australia's sporting colours. And they're going to like, win gold medals. And they something something Dawn Fraser pool. Exactly. That's exactly it. And, yeah. Something and, something Dawn Fraser. Yeah. 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 Pool. Yes. And so, someone was like, "This pun is so good." Someone's like, "Look, it could be a little off colour because it is the name of a Nazi party." But the person's like, like, "Don't yes, worry, but- I'll get these four like Aryan." Uh, models on the front here, and uh, it'll be fine. Uh, the, no, I shouldn't call them the, Aryan. It's not the swimmers' like... fault, to be clear. I, you know, the, the swimmers have done nothing wrong. They are... We don't know. As far know as personally. we know, they're not affiliated with either the Herald Sun or the Golden Dawn party, as far they, as I they've know. They've added this little, like, anime glint on the arm of one of the swimmers as <laughs> That's well. That's true. It's to, like, like the, their like shiny, tooth... golden... Aryan heroes, yeah, yeah, and it's you know, bad. Zach, you know, I love a Ku Klux Klan joke, and fierce, fast, fearless. Just <laughs> it doesn't scream KKK, but it certainly whispers it loudly. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's that's my feeling about that. That's, shit post, such a shit post. Get the fuck out of here. That's such a bad post. But I will say, noon that you know what they have done there is given us quite a nice little opening mm-hmm. into our next story, which we're going to be talking about, which is... Sports? Also sports, and also it- fascism. This is our Blurst Take Fasci Australia uh, combo. kind of combo, so I'll just... Um, Can you play the stings old, uh... together? It was the best of takes. It was nice. the Blurst of takes. Fasci Australia. Yeah, I've been yeah, looking dude, forward to I doing that it. all day. <laughs> <laughs> when we finish, um, can you play me some more, like, mashup? Sting doubles. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to drop a fucking mashup EP soon. <laughs> so you may have noticed, listener, uh, that Noon has been taking point on literally every story this week. And that's because I started writing a story and then I got way too deep in it and <laughs> wrote way too much. And then Noon had to do the whole rest of the show. But this now it's Zach's time to shine. I'm in the, I'm in the box seat, as they would say if I was in, an ABC journalist. And this week we're talking about Transphobia, a.k.a. fascism. Specifically, the fact that this week, crikey, everyone's favorite, apparently, well, supposedly not right-wing uh, media outlet. I'm my, like, second cousin. <laughs> yeah. Kind Shout of out embarrassingly, yeah. Some, whom? whom? Eric. Beecher? Eric. Shout out, Eric. Uh, well, you know what, Eric? Or no, not. I, re- no. I retract that shout-out. Because mm-hmm. this week, crikey published an opinion piece by... Uh, I've written here in my notes, crypto fascist, but I'm going to amend that to just fascist, I reckon. And, and hopefully I can take you all on this journey with me. Uh, and so we can all agree together uh, mm-hmm. that this person is a fascist. Um, and I thought I'd, I'd start off here just to set the tone with a tweet from at horrible lizard, who is one of our uh, Shout outs. mutual mu- mufos on Twitter shouts. Transphobes all agree that Hitler was a little bit right. This isn't a bit. Um, so Hmm. TLDR, don't want to listen to the rest of this story. That pretty much covers it. I will issue a content warning here. We're going to be talking about, uh, transphobic, uh, thoughts, opinions, and people. Uh, I, am not going to go into a huge amount of detail about this, this transphobic stuff, trying to avoid, you know, getting into the weeds with it, but we'll issue a content warning here that that's what we're going to be discussing for the next half hour or so. We'll put time codes in the show notes if you want to skip over this stuff. Uh, yeah, so this week, Crikey published a piece from 
uh, a writer named Catherine Deves, uh, entitled Allowing a Male-Born Person to Compete Against Female Olympians Excludes Women. How Could It Not? Uh, which is, it was a response to another piece in Crikey uh, from last week, uh, which was titled The World Is Not Binary. Measuring who is female on a scale sets up all kinds of Olympic-sized wrongs. Uh, that was a story about two Namibian sprinters, uh, Christine Boma and Pete and Beatrice Mazalingi, who have been excluded from the 400-meter race because their testosterone levels were too high. These are two women sprinters. Um, and yeah, basically they were... The, the, basically the been told, like, you're no, not women actually sorry yes exactly and one of them by the way found out about this by hearing of it on social media which is what the fuck fucked um and that right there i think cuts to the heart of the misogyny at, at the you know which is at the center of transphobia mm. in my opinion you know this kind of like essentializing of womanhood as this very particular kind of femininity because you know, you're not just talking about the hard numbers of testosterone levels or whatever. You see comments from transphobe being like, oh, they even look, they don't look like women. They don't look feminine. You know, their testosterone whatever levels the are high. Fuck it's like, that is. just, yeah. it's, it's, it's so nothing. Gross. What the hell? It is. It's, and, and these and are the people this... who also like, oh, the way that you're born, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, not you, because if I, that makes it difficult for me to be shitty to other people. Yeah. It's like more just as making these artificial boundaries around what you know the category of womanhood who gets to fit into it like it's just disgusting anyway like i don't want like i said i don't want to get into the content sure, of the article too yeah, much because yeah, yeah. it's really gross and like it's full of just demonstrably untrue shit mm -hmm. uh, but you know uh, just to give you a, a taste here's uh, uh one of the like many claims that are made in the article with no evidence when trans women are included in the female category what happens to women and girls they miss a spot on the team, they self-exclude, they are withdrawn by their parents, they are silenced if they resist, they lose out on the opportunity for prizes and scholarships, and are threatened with loss of sponsorship. Like I say, no evidence is offered for that claim at all. Yep. But also, this woman, Catherine Deves, is a big supporter of this, like, N equals 8 transphobic campaign happening on Twitter because that was the number of, like trans athletes who were interviewed by the Olympic committee when they changed their rules about like who got to compete in which gendered competition. So she's like, it's yeah, only cool. eight trans athletes. Eight. That's not nearly enough. And then, yeah, yeah very, okay. it's very silly. But then also like, oh, so many girls are being excluded. Like pick one. No, apparently it's eight. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, look, you know, the other really gross aspect of this is the, the racial undertones, you know, it's no coincidence that the women at the center of this uh, controversy are black. The two Namibian sprinters that I mentioned, and also Casta Semenya, who, you know, people will know that, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you know, she's a sprinter who there's been, there was kind of all this debate again around her testosterone levels. And it's just so disgusting saying it out loud that, like, I don't know, the way that these people's bodies, are, you know, these women's, women's bodies are mm -hmm. being, mm -hmm. like, publicly kind of, like, scientifically dissected by these bigots it's just uh, makes me feel disgusting uh but i wanted to read a, a quote here from a member of the the cameroonian uh mission to the un mm -hmm. who said uh who uh yeah released a, a, a comment in response to um this uh to these two sprinters being excluded from this event the majority of athletes affected by the regulations are from the global south, and for Africa, these regulations remind us of the difficult and dark past of racial segregation. 
Segregating women on the basis of intersex variations has the same effect as apartheid, one of the international crimes against, immuni- against humanity. Which, yeah, yep, I think pretty much rings, rings pretty fucking true for me. And if you read this article, which there's no reason why you should, it's very similar to people talking about the dangers of race mixing and stuff like that. It's really pretty obviously similar. Yeah. No, absolutely. And we're going to get um, an, into a bit more detail about the very direct connections between uh, white supremacy and transphobia later mm-hmm. in the segment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's about all from the article and the issues surrounding it that I kind of want to get into sure. at this stage because, in my opinion, it's basically misdirection. Like, mm-hmm. transphobes pick a battleground, whether it's bathrooms or whether it's women's sports, and then, you know, when they get to, like, basically very lightly veil their bigotry and arguments about science on like how much oxygen testosterone puts in your blood or whatever. And like, okay, I am not interested in having that fucking conversation. Transphobes are wrong and bad and their ideas are terrible. But what I do want to talk about is the fact that Catherine Deves is a right wing ideologue who quotes, shares and promotes noted far right agitators and racists. And I want to know why the fuck Crikey is publishing her mm-hmm. and more broadly, why transphobia is not treated and understood like the fascist ideology that it is. Now, the answers to those questions are obviously going to inform one another, sure. but um, let's get into it over this uh, with this Catherine Deves character. So who is she? She's a lawyer, which is your first red flag, right. but she's the, she's the co-founder and <laughs> spokesperson or spokeswoman, according to her website for Save Women's Sport, Australia. I noticed that. I was like, wow, this is really what you're doing with your time, isn't it? Oh, one million percent. Like, she lives, breathes, and eats Save Women's Sport. Like, that's, you know... like It was like those fucking transphobes that showed up to the um, International Women's Day rally when I yeah. was marshalling there, and one of them had this sign that says Save Women's Sport. And it's like, is this literally the most important thing? Or, like, happening one to women to, in the world right now? Or even for women's sport. Like, how about fucking getting funding that's not only pay. coalition seats for sports grounds and changing rooms, you know? Like, yeah. Resources for, for women's leagues. Like, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, as I say, it's a thinly veiled yes, excuse nonsense. for them to just be transphobic. So, again, it's, yep. you know, getting into the weeds on this stuff yep. is like... It's hard not yeah, to. I'm sorry. I keep just commenting whenever there's something particularly atrocious and you're like, look, it's no, get into the weeds. Please but, yeah, this feel is, free to. You know. I'm not trying to shut it down, just saying, like, you know, it's all very no, silly it's good and makes to no keep fucking being sense. reminded exactly that. Yeah. yeah. So, the first thing that I noticed when I was reading this article from Catherine Deves and Crikey was that they are very... You know, lots of really obvious uh, things to notice if you are looking out for turf shit. Mm-hmm. So the first one is the use of trans women, one uh, word. Yeah, yeah. Which 100%. is like, it, it, it's kind of like, that's the archetypal transphobic dog whistle, right? They're not trans women because according to transphobes, trans women aren't women. They're men. And so you, they, you know, they've subtly kind of created this alternative term, trans women. They, she also uses trans activist as one word, which mm-hmm. is like, it's just like, it's so Yeah, well, just every time she says trans, she attaches it to the next word. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking puerile, but whatever. 
Well, it's not whatever. It's fucking gross. But it's there. It's like, you know, it's a big, uh, it's a big yeah, red flag if you know flag. what to look for. Yep. Other stuff that she says, she says male born. Again, that's right there in the title of the article as opposed to, you know, like assigned male at birth, mm-hmm. biological woman, biologically male. And, you know, it's full of this erasure of intersex people as well, mm. that article. And all of this stuff is, you know, they're, they're transphobic dog whistles. So, you know, I'm wondering, it's like, I, if I'm an editor at Crikey, right? If I'm seeing that, I immediately know, like, she's deep in the fucking transphobic rabbit hole, right? So maybe we don't need to be publishing her. The same way if someone sent in a piece referring to, like, the deep state or, mm-hmm. you know... Like the Jewish question. It's like, I'm thinking, yep. yeah, maybe this isn't going to be like a super well-balanced perspective coming in. Yep. But okay, maybe I, editor at Crikey, like am not familiar with... These dog whistles. The, yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. instead, maybe I do a quick Google of mm-hmm. Catherine Deves. I see, you know, where else does she pop up? Do a little bit of research. And then maybe I see that the second Google result for her is a page from the website of Binary Australia... We've talked about them on the show before, but just as a refresher, here's a little quote from their about page. Binary will protect our children from those who would seek to indoctrinate them with programs designed to promote the LGBTI agenda while bullying anyone who opposes it. Uh, Can I just check? These are also the ones who made their display picture the word bi. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that was them. It's just B-I and then, yeah. That was them. That yeah. was them. Yeah. Big brain yeah, stuff. Really? <laughs> We're going to reclaim being bi from the bisexuals. <laughs> Fuck right off. Sorry, um, please go on. Yeah. I will. Binary. So, like, okay. And that looks bad, right? But the post itself isn't actually by Catherine Deves on the Binary Australia website. It's just a highly complimentary post about an article that Deves wrote in the Australian. <laughs> so, you know, sure, it's not great that homophobes love her work and are reposting it. But we should at least do our due diligence and read. It's not really her fault that all of that her fans love her. are atrocious reactionaries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we go and actually look at that piece then that she had published in, in, in the Australian that Binary Australia loved so much that they devoted a whole page of their website to it. Uh, oh, yeah. It's titled, We Can't Protect Women's Rights by Denying Biology. Okay. So she's very diverse. She's got a lot of different... Areas that she's interested in. Yes, as you can see. So the main thrust of this piece in The Australian is heavily implying that trans women are a danger to cis women. Classic transphobe Mm -hmm. turf garbage. Basically trying to turn the momentum of the conversation around like sexual assault in in politics after Brittany Higgins. Uh, She's trying to turn that energy towards trans people. Mm -hmm. Just fucking evil Gross. stuff yeah. essentially being like oh, if you want to talk about sexual assault we need to talk about trans people like it's so it's so awful all of this stuff is kind of like it's like as i say it's heavily implied it's sort of imputation there's a, there's a degree of like plausible deniability in the way that she addresses this stuff but it's very clear what the message is sorry i just wanted to um briefly shout out my neighbor who's decided this is the time to uh mow his lawns so, listeners, if you're getting some of that delightful hum, uh, my apologies. I'll I'll add a noise gate to your track this time. Hopefully, that'll uh, get rid of the worst of it. Uh, I thought this quote was pretty telling from uh, that piece that Dave's published in the Australian. Most mainstream media has failed to look into this cultural and political shift with any curiosity or impartiality, referring mm. to you know basically people having 
conversations about gender being a social construct. And she's right, uh, but not in the way that she but means. the opposite way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, so, you know, aside from that article that she wrote that in, she was also interviewed by The Australian in October last year, uh, which, you know, again, it was about, it was like, you know, trans, trans people in women's sports. And, like, her perspective was framed as female pushback, which, like, fuck you to the Australian. <laughs> Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Also, she was interviewed on Sky last month by Chris Kenny, who's a noted right-wing fuckhead. Uh, and then, of course, she was published again in Crikey this month. So not only are transphobic views very well represented in the media at large, Catherine Deves herself is specifically very well represented in the media. So, you know, it's not like this is like giving voice to some small niche person, you know, like balance and fairness or whatever. It's like, well, she's 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 having her say already. She like her stuff is out there. It's already in Sky and in the Australian. Like, you know, she's already taking advantage of the very well established transphobic infrastructure that exists in, in this country, like to spread this hate. You don't need to include her for editorial balance in your supposedly, you know, anti-authoritarian publication. So, yeah, okay, she's a transphobe, uh, you know, and she also identifies as rad femme, radical feminist. Mm -hmm. So TERF, I think, is an appropriate label for her, Mm trans-exclusionary radical Mm -hmm. feminist. But fascist, well... I'm we might need a little here. bit extra there, yeah. We might need a little, a little something. And I, I want to start off here um, by addressing that question uh, by repeating a quote which I've read out on the show before. And this was something um, uh, sent to me by friend of the show, uh, confidant Tilda. Um, and Shout-outs. this quote just blew me away. And it's such a concise uh, and well-written description of... Um, <laughs> of this uh of this point that i like yeah i wanted to bring it back again so this is some this is a quote from tilda she said nazis burn our libraries sent us to concentration camps and exterminated us along disabled people people of color and jews queer phobia and transphobia are fundamental to fascist ideology and the gender crit turf movement is simply white women doing white supremacy and playing their part Defending white women and the normative family unit, along with patriarchal gender roles, is key to understanding the prime motivations for fascism. Which is just such a fucking mm-hmm. mic drop. Like, ugh, yeah, totally. Love it. Yeah. Um, which I think, you know, sums it up completely. But if you, editor at Crikey, are not convinced by transphobia's inherent ideological fascism, then why don't we take a quick scroll of Catherine Deves' Twitter? And Great. Yes, the the crikey editor is in second person now, not first person, because I want I want to yell. You would have already dust binned it, so it's I'm, clearly someone yeah, else. Convin- at play I'm, I'm, here. Com- I'm already convinced. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um and okay, so the header Cousin image. Cousin Eric, listen up. <laughs> so the header image on uh, Catherine Deves' Twitter account is a Milton Friedman quote. Um, oh no! Who, oh. Yeah, who is really the big original boy of neoclassical economics? Um. Is it fascist? Look, not necessarily, but... But in practice, yes. Yeah, and I would also add to that cringe, uh, embarrassing, and clear That's evidence that true. her opinions are garbage. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, but n- let's scroll down a little bit. Uh, okay, so it's like 95% women in sport content, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yes, this is really the most pressing issue facing women today. Well done. Such a champion of the uh, oppressed and blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay, here she is retweeting Andy No. What oh, the fuck? No. <laughs> yes. No, if you don't know. 
uh, is a fascist propagandist who regularly lies about anti-fascist protesters and has provided lists of names of anti-fascists to neo-Nazis so that they mm-hmm. could hunt them down. He poses as a journalist and, you in know, Portland, basically... Right? Sorry? In, yeah, uh, um, yeah, amongst other places, yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, he basically travels around and gets uh, footage of uh, anti-fascists at various, like, you know, counter-protesting fascists. He's an Avi Yamini kind of a guy. Yeah, but kind of far more dangerous than that i would say like he's really he's really heavily involved actively with fascist movements uh in the states he's a a frequent talking head on extremist news programs Mm -hmm. as well as uh more mainstream right-wing uh news uh channels like fox news as well uh but yeah and his mo is to essentially like take clips of anti-fascists uh you know anti-fascist violence against fascists posting them and being like oh look how bad these people are anyway uh catherine deves retweeted andy no saying quote well done to lapd hollywood lapd hq and at 911 lapd for arresting the self-identified antifa thugs who intimidated and assaulted people protesting against men exposing themselves to women and children in women only spaces so this was on a video yeah, it's really bad. This is on a video that Andy No posted of LA cops absolutely brutalizing counter-protesters who came to protest against an anti-trans protest, which was happening outside a spa in uh, in LA. I don't want to get into the details of the story, but it's a great example of who transphobes are in bed with, because at this like anti-trans protest, uh, you know, obviously you've got homophobic hate groups. Uh, far-right trolls wearing, like, pro-Pinochet t-shirts, QAnon people. And, you know, if very, very telling. Like, look around, what kind of company are you keeping when you, when you say mm. this shit? But so it's not just the positive retweet of this Andy No post, but also Catherine Deves arguing with people in the replies. Someone responded to her, wrong. Proud Boys assaulted everyone, and the police defended them. Or are you going to pretend otherwise, lol? And then Catherine Deves responds, nope, I saw the footage. Antifa are intimidate, intimidatory thugs. They acted like a pack of hyenas. Last Wee Spa protests. Glad to see the police involvement. So Last Wee Spa protests? Yeah, it was the Wee Spa is the name of the of this like oh, okay, Korean sure, bars, so. which they have like okay. a pro-trans policy. They allow people right, to you right, know, right, right, use okay. whichever change room like uh, fits their gender identity. Obviously this upsets i see i see yeah yeah yeah, gotcha. i was thinking of the like mango ice cream um (laughs) we spa gotcha no (sighs) unfortunately not uh but so noon a little logic problem for you a little Mm -hmm. word puzzle if you will Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do we call someone who is anti anti fascist Mm. okay um almost got it (laughs) listen (laughs) Uh, carry the one, subtract, and then divide by oh, anti. It's not a new line. I can't claim credit for it. But hey, if the, the, Why the shoe fix fucking it if it fits ain't broke? extraordinarily snugly. Why change the shoe if it ain't We got a real fitting. fucking racist Cinderella on our hands here. Yeah. Um, but and also, like, just the fucking clean white supremacy of being pro-cop not to mention the misogyny right you know look at 
you know, we talk so many times on the show about how misogynist cops are and how the rates of like domestic violence are so much higher with cops and how it's so difficult to get police to even take an accusation of rape seriously, let alone follow through to the point of charging someone. Systemic overrepresentation in domestic violence cases, but I draw the line at someone wearing a skirt. <sighs> yeah. I want to say the cognitive dissonance is wild, but the whole point of this segment is that there's it's no not cognitive dissonance. dissonance. It's all, like, it all falls into place if yes. you think of transphobia as inherently fascist. And it yeah. doesn't get much more fascist than lovingly retweeting videos of police violence. Like, what the... F okay. I'm taking a breath and I'm moving on to my next point. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go back into my bit. Okay, that's bad. But I'm not convinced that she's fascist, I hear you say. Okay. Crikey, Crikey editor. editor. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. First that's off, good. stop interrupting me. Secondly, I'm not done scrolling Dave's Twitter feed yet. Okay, so now here she is retweeting Jennifer Bilek, specifically, and I, and I don't know how to pronounce that her, her name, but I'm pretty sure it's Bilek, specifically retweeting an article by Bilek published in a conservative Canadian journal called The Post Millennial. Okay, so who is Jennifer Bilek? And the answer to that is, oh boy, kind of too much to cover here, so let Yeah, me I don't know this read. person. This is oh, it's such a wild ride. I'm, I'll send you some stuff great, later. Great, Um yeah, I'm just, like, as a brief kind of mm -hmm. taste, yeah, yeah, yeah. let me read a quote here from uh, an anarchist collective news site, freedomnews.org, which sounds like it wouldn't be an anarchist news site, but it is. Well, it sounds like it's a right anarchist. Actual freedom, yeah, yeah, not, you know, MAGA freedom. Uh, and the article is entitled, Alert, Transphobic Feminism and Far-Right Activism Rapidly Converging. And I put a link to that article in the description of this episode because I found it really helpful. Cool. Um, you know, it, get, it, get, it gets very deep into the specific kind of connections between uh, transphobia and, you know, other right-wing garbage. Here's this quote. Bielek has been criticized by journalists covering trans hate, as well as widely by trans activists for quite some time as a source of growing anti-Semitic conspiracy theories in the gender critical movement. Oh, I realize we good. haven't defined, it's not good. We haven't defined gender critical for people who aren't familiar with the term, but essentially it means transphobe. It's, yeah. It just means transphobe. Uh, that's how they kind of self-identify these like uh, these terms. However, recent research revealed that the scale of this fixation for Bielek, a significant intellectual in the American gender critical scene, is much bigger than many previously thought, with a complexly developed conspiracy theory of a secret plan by Jewish billionaires to use, quote, transgenderism as a plot to bring about a transhumanist immortality project and enslave humanity through techno-capital. Okay. Um... <laughs> That's what, like, and I'm saying this shit is fucking oh. wild. Like, when you, yeah. <laughs> it's notable that Bielek's work has been heavily plagiarized by neo-Nazis. It was also cited extensively Plagiarized. In... Yeah. That's an interesting way to say written by. Yeah. It was also cited extensively in a notorious anti-Semitic trans conspiracy book last released last year on the Transgender Day of Remembrance, fucking gross, last November mm. by a neo-Nazi press. So, uh, so this th that's Jennifer Bielek, who Catherine Deeves... Bad retweeted and not just mm -hmm. like retweeting one of her tweets like retweeted this article from her but it's not just that let me circle quickly back to Dave's article in crikey which references fairly close to the top helen joyce who is a transphobic author and also the finance editor of the economist which is cool right and helen joyce has a bestseller uh, out at the moment called 
trans when ideology meets reality um which as you can imagine is just fucking disgusting full of disgusting stuff um and to uh i'd like to read a tweet now from at krista peterso there's no n on the end of that in case anyone's wondering and a a hat tip to uh, another of our mutual followers depresso martini on Mm -hmm. on twitter for um bringing this to my attention um in her new book the economist's Helen Joyce claims the trans, quote, global agenda is, quote, shaped by three Jewish billionaires. The sourcing is vague in the book, but she has previously cited Jennifer Bielek. Bielek has previously cited an explicit Nazi. Gender crit launders anti-Semitism, and I Mm -hmm. don't think that I could have put it any clearer than that myself yeah wow um this tweet Wild. also provides a bunch of screen caps from helen joyce's book to back up this assertion so again i'll link that in the description if you mm-hmm. want to read into that in a bit more detail but so this racist anti-semitic garbage has filtered through to the most mainstream and legitimized forms of transphobia i mean this, mm-hmm. we're talking about a fucking bestseller here you know jennifer bielek is kind of like she's a bit of a fringe figure you know what i mean she's but helen joyce is the fucking finance editor at the economist the that's economist. like the whole economist that is i don't know if they have yeah. that <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah that is kind of tautological now that you actually <laughs> say that um but so catherine deves Australian transphobe extraordinaire and writer of this crikey article promoted both the author of the fucking, like, the raw, hateful conspiracy theory and then also referenced the author who laundered the conspiracy theory and had it published in a best-selling book. So she's getting this shit fucking coming and going. So when you see how deeply rooted this kind of white supremacist shit is within transphobic Mm, thinking, it's mm. fucking no surprise at all that this fairness in women's sport bullshit is expressed in this highly racialized way and it's yeah, that yeah. as uh, as it's as really that uh, Cameroonian envoy to the UN said you know affects largely people from the global south and yeah as, uh, and, and uh, you know is deeply reminiscent of apartheid thinking so crikey editor are you convinced not just that transphobia is fascism but that Catherine Deves is all on her own an individual fascist because we've got her using transphobic language in her crikey article which you fucking published publishing transphobic views in Australia's most right-wing outlets and now also you promoting fucking pro-cop propaganda and retweeting known fascist agitators retweeting known anti-semites and referencing anti-semitic texts in her article which you published personally i think that's pretty convincing but um you i'm know, not an editor at crikey so you know i think eric might be concerned about this anti-semitism connection uh honestly um <laughs> you know what nerd i hope that you're right <laughs> yeah i uh i have no way of contacting him he uh, i'm sure we've met once but like i, I don't have any I don't have his number or anything, so I can't, you know, get in touch and be like, hey, you know, this person's an anti-Semite, but, um, you know, hey, Eric, you know, this person's an anti-Semite? What the fuck? Yeah, you know, it's like... And, and a transphobe, you know, you know as well. Uh, like, but well, that, clearly he doesn't give a shit about that, you know, apparently. Well, I, I've clearly, just replaced your Reiki well, editor with my with, with your partially cousin, yeah, remembered distant cousin. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like... I think and something else that Tilda said to me in this email uh, exchange that we had about this was that, you know, she was like, 
you know, I, I was asking her, like, you know, we're having conversation about the International Women's Day March and the problematic elements around how it was run and the and the the approach that the marshals took. You know, and I asked her, like, what what you you know, what does the trans community need? And she said, we need yeah. cis people. She essentially said, we need cis people to understand transphobia as the fascist ideology that it is. Mm-hmm. And if you know, I think that I've laid out pretty clearly here the truth of that statement and but but also kind of it's ridiculous to me like crikey would never fucking publish any other kind of right-wing agitation you know what i mean you know if if we were talking about you know like raw kind of conscious anti-semitism or other forms of like racialized hate speech or other kinds of misogyny like sure bits and pieces you know that would bleed through in other pieces but not something that the whole point is I am a bigot and here are my reasons mm-hmm. for being a bigot. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, do your fucking research. This is literally your entire job. Mm-hmm. Like, you you can't be putting this shit out into the world. We all understand this conversation has been had time and time again. You do not platform Nazis. You don't platform fascists. You don't platform racists. You don't platform misogynists. You don't fucking platform transphobes. What are you doing? It's so fundamental. It's so basic. And, you know, I am some guy. I put these notes together today. I'm not, you know, it's not my fucking job, right? I'm, well, it kind of is my job. I love you, Patreon but, supporters. Thank you very much. You yeah, help us but, run the show. <laughs> but you're not you a full time paid editor whose job it is to make sure that all of your pieces meet. Like, you know, yeah. you know it's like all you do every day is read pieces and make sure they should be published. At a major outlet as well. Yeah, and yeah. we know, we, we know and love many of the contributors at Crikey, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Shouts to Cam Wilson, friend of the show, previous guest. We know that there's lots of people there doing really good work and who would abhor this fucking mm-hmm. hateful garbage that you're publishing. I, I, it's, uh, I'm, I'm speechless with how fucking wrong-headed this is, like, you know. And, I th- you know, it goes to show that, like... Yeah, as uh, as Tilda says, like this this hateful ideology is not understood in the terms that it needs mm. to be in order for uh, for you know us as a society in a mainstream sense to fight back against it. It still gets this fucking pass, and largely because it's dressed up in this facade of feminism when we know it's not. It's not feminism. It's misogyny. It's the fucking opposite. <sighs> okay, I think my coffee's starting to wear off now. Well, thank you so much for taking us through that and for getting enraged about it um, and for doing that research into these terrible people. Um, and I think that's going to bring us to the end of our newsy bits, which means it must be time for the business. Let me, sorry, get, I need to get, what's the, um, I don't uh, know. It must if be time for podcast, you got to do a lot of shit. That's not technically podcasting. You still gotta do that shit. shit. Thanks everyone for noticing that Zach made fart noises last week. Um, oh, it really made my week. Yeah. <laughs> I he, didn't. He messaged I me every time. Genuinely didn't mean to leave them in there. It's just that now that we have a soundboard, my hands are free <laughs> while the stings are playing. And uh, you know what I do when I have my hands free? Fart noises. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, the big three. Leave us that review, please. I know you've been meaning to do it. We're 98 we out of 100. Of yes, we did get a couple. Here's <laughs> one. 
Go. There's From LD Rice, LD Rice Pudding, five stars. Mmm, news and funny haha. A great <laughs> weekly overview of Ozpol and... <laughs> you like that news? Yeah. Mm, a great week funny haha. Over... <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> that was the right cadence. Yeah, so you, you nailed it, actually. A great weekly overview of Ozpol and relevant news. I listen to it every Sunday while at work, uh-huh. and it gets me through the first hour. Always look forward to it, especially the pub dates. That's really nice. People really seem to appreciate the pub dates, which is... Yeah. That's great. It's what we you want. Them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also got one from Sarah Jane 888 who said, Informative and amusing. Excellent political podcast covering a wide range of Australian news topics that aren't always well reported on elsewhere. Oh, thanks so much. Great in-depth analysis with a sprinkling of crispy memes and egregious fruit-based puns. Oh, thanks very much. Thank you. The, the puns are egregious. I, I, I suggested G's um, and crikeys for... This week. It's a little too deep. You, you, was, you yeah, still too need many the layers. food to be recognized after just, the punt. An actual regular food. That's fine, yeah. Uh, the other thing that you can do if you want to support us is you can support us financially over on Patreon. $1 a month gets you both bon- monthly bonus episodes and access to our Discord. And if you pay one three one two well one three point one two dollars a month. ACAB you dollars. Get, you, if you pay ACAB dollars a month, you get a little pin in the mail, a little uh, snacky toast little. pin. They're pretty cute. And you don't have to yeah. stay at 1312. You know, you do that for it's one true. month, drop one back down to the $1. Still You've get that earned pin. it. You've People earned have done it. that, which they, I respect and, the hustle. Yeah, absolutely. Take your pin. Wear it with pride. Uh, but that's probably it for the business, right? We've covered the Yeah, I think that's everything, business. yeah. Okay. Now it's time for a pop So Holly was crook last week. She's feeling quite a bit better now, but she was sort of in bed for most of last week. And, uh, you know, also then it was lockdown. So Mm -hmm. we spent a lot of time lying around watching movies. And um, when one night we did a double feature, we watched Miller's Crossing and The Big Lebowski, which is just like basically a perfect four hours of cinema. Um, I studied film at uni. I'm a big film nerd. Uh, was a huge Coen Brothers fan and am now like, you know, critically appreciate their work. Critical support for the Coen Brothers. Critical support for the Coens. Their first movie I've always loved called Blood Simple. And it's sort of this fairly low-key neo-noir about, you know, this like affair gone wrong and people end up dying. But it's, you know, it sort of gets to this ridiculous pitch because it's very black comedy. And there's this fairly well-known scene from it where this guy comes across uh, a dead body and he thinks mm-hmm. that it's his lover who has killed this guy. So he was like, fuck, I've got to cover up this murder. Uh, and there's blood all over the floor. And so he takes off his jacket and tries to mop up this huge pool of blood. But his jacket oh, no. is made out of like something acrylic or something. Oh, no. <laughs> and it just spreads. Oh. The, the, yeah, he just spreads this blood stain all, all over this floor and makes everything like so much worse. And it's like quite oh. <laughs> visceral and difficult to sit through. Anyway, so... Last week, I, uh, we got some new dog treats for Dante. Okay. And they're I'm interested these... to see how you're going to tie these threads together. <laughs> <laughs> you could call it almost uh, Cohen-esque. Foreshadowing. I'm going to cut, cut that later. <laughs> Good. Jeez. We got some new dog treats for Dante, and they're these little, like, cakes, essentially. Like, you know, I think Holly maybe ordered them online, and then they came, and they were, like, really big. Like, they're the size of a human cookie. Yeah, too big. Totally. and they're quite yeah, fat, yeah. and they're really, so really crunchy and hard. Yeah, you've got to smash them and give them in little bits. But I 
lazily did not do this and decided to give Dante a whole one. And I put it, I put it in his mouth, and he kind of held it for a second or two, like trying to crunch it, but he couldn't. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he just sort of lowered his head and went blah, and slowly gums it out. Yeah. And he dropped the treat on the floor, and this enormous fucking puddle of dog drool, huge. Ugh. I was like, this is so unfortunate. I have to wipe it up. It's on the floorboards. Nothing I can do. So I went and I get some paper towel. <laughs> It's just blood simple. I'm just pushing the saliva. This is a patch of saliva is just getting bigger and bigger. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm like, more paper towel. Desperately trying to mop up this puddle and it just it won't happen. Very, uh, yeah, it was a uh, visceral again is the word that, that I would use mm. to describe that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I eventually kind of spread it out to like a thinness that after about 10 minutes, like it sort of evaporated. You Good get, to know. You know, then you get this sort of like dog saliva sort of condensation layer on the floorboards. Anyway, that's my pub date. What did you get up? What's, what's Bagel up to? Um, well, so as Zach, you know, but probably many of our listeners do not, the internet in my room is reasonably fucked because um, I live in a little shed at the back of the yard. And so the internet runs on this like cable along the backyard over the washing line into my shed with the power and the internet cable and uh the but ethernet cables are fucking useless and the <laughs> like clip on it broke this was like fucking two years ago or something maybe more and i've spent the last two years like trying to do stopgap measure replacements you know like, like wi-fi extenders and running internet through electricity and none of it's worked so <laughs> i finally fucking bit the bullet and the other day me and my housemate we thought lockdown it's a good opportunity to do it just spent like a while pulling down the the old one and trying to restring the new one but this involves mm. a lot of standing on step ladders and if there's one thing bagel <laughs> cannot abide it's people being slightly taller slightly than above. usual yeah yeah no uh, elevation another thing that allowed. he absolutely hates is picking lemons from the lemon tree and he <laughs> He will like run up and like leap on you to like protect you from the like he he does not like people picking lemons and I'm not entirely sure why but anyway he had a very stressful afternoon of watching me be on a step ladder like what's going on do I need to be doing something about this what the would it be helpful if I pushed you what if I scream and run around under your feet will that help you yeah so anyway um. Unfortunately, the job is not quite finished, so the end of the Ethernet cable is currently, like, double-bagged and hanging off a nail under the eave on the back of the house. Because mm. um, we can't quite get it through the window yet. So gotta get... uh, it, it's fine. should be done in the next couple of days. Good. Um, touch yeah, you just don't want that. It's the kind of thing that can become a permanent fixture. A plastic bag containing a bit of Ethernet cable <laughs> hanging off a nail. You know what I mean? It's like, I... you put it there, and then a month or two later, someone's like, what's that? And you're like, oh, yeah. That's the double bag just, Ethernet cable. <laughs> just over here to the right, Zach. Can you see? Uh, there's like a chalkboard uh, thing. Oh yeah, uh, it's like you know paint that you paint on the wall, but it's chalkboard. Oh yeah, paint, yeah. And then you yeah, can write paint. on it. Yeah, yeah. It says uh, time. Clean the car. And as you know, Zach, I do not drive <laughs> or own a car. This has been written on the wall since before I moved in, more than half a decade ago. There's another chalkboard <laughs> one over there that says. Uh, Finish sleeve. 
continues season three episode four um and i just i kind of like it you know i i could get rid of it but what would i put there instead i i like having someone no, it's, else's it's, to-do it's, list it's hemingway-esque yeah it's yeah low-key surrealism yeah all right Oh, Jesus Christ, that'll do us for this week. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you got something out of this week's episode. Um, please leave us that, that review if you haven't done it. Yeah, that. we We'd just really need appreciate two ish more. Oh, no, yeah, I fucked a couple up our of bit. So- I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully this is the last week we have to do the bit. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, All right. take it easy, stay safe, and uh, make sure you keep on snacking in the free world. Fuck transphobes, crunch, crunch. Fuck them. <laughs>